0: Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church.
1: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we're going to hear part two of this message called Navigating the Supernatural in this series on the Spirit-Filled Life. You know, a casual reading of the Bible reveals a great deal of what we call supernatural activity, miracles of healing and raising of the dead. So is that for today? You pray for the supernatural, and what are your expectations? You want to hear this full message from Sean Azaro as he outlines a biblically balanced view that challenges us to believe and experience more. Let's dive back in. It's time for Radio for Real Life.
2: Under the Spirit's guidance and leadership, they canonized the scripture. This passage was canonized; it was included in the canon of scripture. And I want to say to you, that it's a pretty simple reason why. One, it was in many of those early manuscripts. But two, it doesn't in any way vary from the consistent message of Scripture. In Matthew ten eight, which nobody questions its presence in the scriptures, Jesus said, "Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You receive without pay, give without pay. In other words, freely give, freely you receive, freely give." And the actual parts about the other manifestations all actually happened in the book of Acts. So it doesn't in any way change the message of Scripture, so the, those who compiled included it. Because this is the consistent message of the Scripture. Now, what's interesting is Jesus taught about it. Simon Peter taught about it. The Apostle Paul taught about it. And it's all over the Scriptures. And with these Scriptures... Talking about the supernatural, talking about the power of God, how can a serious Bible believer deny this? Because many do. I want to suggest there's just some bad teaching that tries to propose that the supernatural gifts ended at the end of the first century. And let me explain why. If you look at 1 Corinthians 13, I want you to head over there. Remember, the gifts are presented in 1 Corinthians 12. The spirit of the gifts is shared in 1 Corinthians 13, and then the administration of the gifts is in 1 Corinthians 14. Paul laid this out very systematically. In 1 Corinthians 13, he spends a lot of time talking about love, the preeminence of love. But then in verse 8, he says, love never ends. And listen where he goes from there. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. And he then explains, he says, for we know in part And we prophesy in part. And then this is the verse, verse 10. He says, when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. That's the verse. Oh, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Verse 12, for now we see in a mirror dimly. But then face to face, now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Now, the verse that's kind of the linchpin there is verse 10. Because it says... Prophecies will pass away, tongues will cease, knowledge. We know in part, prophecy in part. when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. And some people have said, oh, when well, the perfect comes, they're talking about when the scripture was finished, the inspired letters were finished and brought together and canonized. That's when the perfect came about, the end of the first century. When the, the last of that scripture was written, now that all has ceased. And that's the line of thought. And a lot of people go, well, yeah, that makes sense, so we don't have to worry about this. Whew. I have to tell you, When the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. He goes on, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, thought like a child, reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up child's ways. For now we see in the mirror dimly. When's Paul talking about? When he's sitting there writing to them. But then we shall see face to face. When? When the perfect comes. It's the only thing he's talking about, right? We'll see face to face, no longer through a mirror dimly. Now I know in part. Then I'll know fully, even as I've been fully known. When? When the perfect comes. Now, nobody seriously says that, you know, that when the perfect comes into in, that now, we, we no longer see through a mirror dimly. Nobody seriously says now we know fully even as we're fully known. I just want to say that's a really bad use of that passage of Scripture. And it doesn't say that the gifts are going to end when the Scripture is compiled. It does say when the perfect comes, when we know fully even as we're fully known, there will there'll be no need for them. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. There won't be any need for them. See, but it goes back to this, well, that's pretty easy. This isn't rocket science. Why would some people want to discount the supernatural manifestations? Because I can't control that. I can't control them. And we have to admit we love control. How many control freaks do I have in the room? Just raise your hand. Hey, you are the most honest service, okay? By the way, about 12 of you are honest. The rest of you, liars. Liars. I've seen you. Just got to go look at an elementary school on the first day of school. Watch those moms, man. Just come on. Sorry, moms. It was just, you know, just start a school. It's right there. But come on, we love control. We want the plan. We want to know where it is. And, And when we start talking about the spirit taking control, leading, guiding, doing things that we can't do on our own, that is a scary, scary thought. And that's why it's such a huge step of faith. I just want to say the word says it. We should stop trying to explain it away. And here's what we do. We we try to bring God's word down to my experience. I want to interpret God's word through the lens of my experience. Well, it says this, but I haven't experienced that, so it can't mean it because I am certainly the perfect Christian. I mean, really, when you do that, you have to understand that's what you're saying. My experience is perfect. I have got all things, and, and so therefore this can't mean that because I haven't experienced it. Which, when we say it out loud, that's kind of ridiculous, right? But yet, that's what we do. And instead of, when we see that God's word says something, instead of saying, oh my gosh, Lord, there's clearly more I've got to learn. There's more I've got to grow in. There's some things that I'm not yet there. The Apostle Paul himself said, not that I have arrived, but I continue to press on. I continue to press in. Now, he actually did see God use him for the miraculous. He actually did write scripture. And he didn't try to explain it away by basing it on his experience. I want to suggest we stop. Stop trying to explain away God's, the, the supernatural parts of God's word because we're not experiencing. Maybe we have some growth yet. Maybe there's some maturity. Maybe there's some things that God has for us yet that we haven't attained. And instead of trying to bring the truth that makes us uncomfortable and squirm a little bit when that's exactly what we should do, instead of trying to bring it down and put God in this little box and, oh, good, I can worship this because it looks just like me. And, in fact, I don't even need the box. Just get me a mirror. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's what we're essentially doing. Instead of humbling ourselves and saying, Father, man, that's challenging. I, I I, I don't understand all that. But, Lord, I want everything that you have. I want all of it. I want, the, I want the fullness of whatever you have to offer, Father, because I trust you. I trust your word. It is a huge step of faith. If you've had a supernatural infilling, you should expect a supernatural outpouring. See, this whole idea of step of faith leads us to our next question, very logically. The second question is, how far will we let the Spirit go? How far will you let the Spirit go? How far will I let the Spirit go? And, and kind of flip side of that question is, where will you say No. Okay? Where will you set the boundaries? Like, oh, Lord, I'm not comfortable with that. I I can't, I can't, I can't do that. I can't, I can't. And I just want to suggest, when it comes to boundaries, how about we let the Scripture be the boundaries, because that's exactly what it is. If it's unbiblical, then yes, I'm very comfortable saying, yeah, I don't think that's of the Lord, and I don't need to be a part of that. But it's when I'm taking things that the Scripture teaches and going, ooh, I don't know that I want to be a part of that. I don't know that that Scripture is biblical. Think about it for a minute. It's going to hit you. But it's fundamentally what we do. And and, and how about we just let the scriptures be the boundaries, not my comfort level. Where will we say no? Are we willing to relinquish control? And what this means, are we willing to let the Spirit work through us in these ways? Are we willing to let him be the leader? Are we willing to let him stretch us? Let me just say it's risky. It is risky. Because in the natural, the things that I kind of am already doing, I can control that. The big question I have is, what if God leaves me hanging? What if if I step out and and God leaves me hanging? You know, faith is funny that way. Imagine Simon Peter when he was getting ready to step out of that boat. We have to understand something. It wasn't that Peter was clueless and didn't understand the nature of water. He was a fisherman. He kind of understood water. But he sees Jesus walking on the water, and that's something he'd never seen. And he knew there's something supernatural going on here. And you remember what happens? The Disciples are all terrified, thought it was a ghost, and they recognize it. Wait a minute, it's Jesus. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, call to me and I'll come out to you. <laughs> just imagine Jesus is laughing like, whatever, Peter, that's awesome. <laughs> he goes, come on. And Peter gets out of the boat. And You remember what happened? He walked on water for a few steps. But then it says he noticed the waves and the, the wind and the storm. And he took his eyes off Jesus and he sank. And Jesus grabbed him and... Everything was fine because Jesus was there. But, I mean, there was that moment when Peter's in the boat. He's like, this would be awesome. And there had to be that little sense, because, again, he knew what water was like. He knew water won't hold him. You know, there's that little sense of, what if I just, in front of the other disciples, you know, because they're all watching. And you know what they're thinking. The minute Peter's like, Lord, if it's you, call me. are like, oh, whatever, Peter. Uh-uh. Oh, Peter gonna get out of the boat again. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're people. They were people, right? And, I mean, he took the risk that he goes, "Lord, if it's you, come out." And he's like, "Wait," and he jumps up. Pink. Oh god! And they're laughing. Are you willing to take the risk that that maybe won't turn out exactly as you envision? What if I step up and they laugh at me? What if they reject me? What if it doesn't turn out the way I think it should? And notice the the common denominator of all those questions. It's all about me. It's all about me. All about me. What'll happen to me? What if I... How far are we going to let the Spirit go? Because that's a big question. At what point are we going to say no? Now, I'm also... You've been on the hot seat a little bit. I'm going to, in fairness, as your pastor, I'm going to go on. What about the public services? What about in our public services, the move of the Spirit? Oh, I'm breaking down sweat just thinking about it. Because I grew up Pentecostal, you know, so I saw stuff that I'm like, holy cow, I don't even know this. I can't find this in the Bible. Oh, but yet, I'm 14 and it's entertaining, but jeez, I, I don't know. And as I think about it now as a pastor, I just get all... Ooh. I just want to say the same thing applies. Uh, whatever the Spirit wants to do, the Spirit's got to do, right? But But let me... Let me qualify that. 1 Corinthians 12, at the end of the gifts passage, remember? 12, he's presenting the gifts. He presents the gifts, talks about the body, and then he says these verses. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? What's the obvious answer? Well, no. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? No. Do all possess gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. But earnestly desire the higher gifts. That's an interesting idea. I mean, I don't want to unpack that right now, but there's obviously some other standard than saying the gift I want. There's a gift he has, and I suspect that's where the higher gift would be found. And I will show you still a more excellent way, and then he goes into 13 where we get the spirit of the gifts, right? And 14 is the administration of gifts. And let me just say, the whole point of what I just read to you is that there is administration of the gifts. There is administration and order. He begins by talking about the leadership gifts, apostles, prophets. He, he starts by saying there's this idea of leadership. In, first, in Ephesians 4, he talks about God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the equipping of the saints. It's Not to do all the ministry, but to equip the saints for the ministry. And let me just say the operation of the the gifts of the Spirit and the operation of the supernatural is supposed to be kind of in the context of the body of Christ and is supposed to be under the the leadership and the authority of the body of Christ. It is not supposed to be freelance where you think God's giving you a gift and so you're taken on the road like touched by an angel. Each week a new episode. I mean, really, that's how some people think. Now I'm the traveling, you know, whatever. I I just want to say, I don't believe that's what God has. It is supposed to be, it is given in the context of the body. It is supposed to be for the common good of the body. It's supposed to operate out of the body and under the leadership and the authority of the fellowship. That is a huge distinction. It is not a free-for-all. Nowhere does the scripture describe free-for-all. And some of you are thinking right now, well, wait a minute, what about 1 Corinthians 14? You were thinking that, weren't you? Well, I'll mention them.
1: We want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church, in this message called Navigating the Supernatural. It's in this series, The Spirit-Filled Life, as found on the sermons page at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean.
2: Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.
1: And now the conclusion to the message, Navigating the Supernatural. This is Radio for Real Life.
2: Verse 26. There's this passage. says, What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. Um, that is describing a very different type of gathering. I just want to mention this for you. That is clearly describing a smaller gathering, more like a prayer gathering, where they clearly knew everyone in the circle. On weekends here in our services, we have guests, which we are very grateful for. If you're a guest, welcome, glad to have you. We have new people who are new to the fellowship and are just kind of meeting people and getting acquainted. We have immature believers, brand new believers who don't know anything, and they're just starting to grow, and they just, have, just fall in love with Jesus, and they're now starting to grow. We even have crazy people here. Because, you know, Jesus loves crazy people, too. Okay? And what that means is we do not open the floor. And the Bible doesn't tell us to. In smaller gatherings, you know everyone. And you can know who's mature. You can know who has what gifts. You can know who sees it. And you can do that in those prayer gatherings. And that's where that is supposed to happen. In a gathering like this, we do not open up the floor. I want to say to you, if so, anyone in our fellowship, if someone has what they believe is a word from the Lord for the fellowship, for example, we don't just allow people who don't, we don't know to stand up and start preaching to our congregation. That would be irresponsible. And they didn't either. But if someone, anyone in this congregation, feels they have a word that God's put on their heart for this congregation, they can go to one of our pastors, they can go to one of our elders, and they can submit that word. They can submit that word, and then the pastors and the elders have the responsibility to confirm, yeah, we believe this is a word from the Lord. We confirm that word. And then they will determine where, how and when to share that word with the body. That's how it works. 1 Corinthians 14.40 says, But all things should be done decently and in order. Not a free-for-all. I'm saying that's one of the problems. You know, people think if we, we begin to operate in spiritual gifts everything's going to go crazy. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophets. You know that verse? The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophets. You know what that means? That means you can control. This is not like some possession thing where your eyes roll back in your head. Okay, and you start speaking with a different sounding voice. You know, in my tradition, the different sounding voice was always loud and southern. Okay? <laughs> you know, God's got a word for you. and it, you know, Dude, I'm right here. You know, or is the hot hand, you know, some God's going to word for somebody, who, mm, and you, sir. Mm, mm. I'm, just let me tell you, that stuff is the problem. Okay, that's the problem. The weird is the problem. Because I don't think that's how it has to operate. I think it's supposed to happen. There's supposed to be the ability to hear the Lord, share words. But, but what, what I was saying about the, the, spirit subject to the, the spirit of the prophets subject to the prophets means, it means two things. It means, one, I can control that. I don't have to yell it out. I can walk over and tell somebody. It also means, and this is the scary side, because this is a double-edged sword, it means I can hinder the Spirit. (laughs) There's a responsibility to it, because we still keep our free will. So not only can I control that, and use that wisely, and release that wisely, but I can also squelch the Spirit. I can say no. And the Spirit will go and use someone else, minister in and through someone else. If you had a supernatural infilling, you should expect a supernatural outpouring. Last thing, how do we make room for the supernatural work of the Spirit? How do we make room? Because this rubber meets the road, okay? Because that's that's what I want. I I think that this congregation is supposed to be people who represent Jesus, and we want to be a congregation that is of the kingdom, which is not about talk, but it's about power. I think there's a world around us that desperately needs to see the real deal. And he, I think he wants us to be the real deal. But we've got to say, we've got to be willing to say yes. So how do I make room for the supernatural work of the Spirit? Number one, invite him to do the supernatural in and through me. I, I believe we should, have a, we should have a moment where we sit with the Lord and say, Lord, I invite you to do whatever you want to do. You're the leader. I'm not. Your Spirit resides in me. I invite you. I invite you to do the supernatural work in me and through me. I really believe that's an important part of the process. Second thing, humble myself before Him. Humble myself before Him. It's going to be. You're going to need this because first thing you got to decide, it's not about me. It is not about me. Okay. So right away, the question is: I think of the Lord kind of giving me a word for someone. As I think of the Lord wanting me to pray for someone. As I think of the Lord doing something like that. It's like, what if I mess up? What if I mess it up? What if I mess up? What if I don't do it right? What if if I make a mistake? What if... if, uh, Let me just say, you will. Okay? You will. Because it never says, oh, when you get the Spirit, you're going to be perfect, and you'll never make a mistake again. That didn't happen to Simon Peter. Remember, Paul had to confront him in Galatians because he still was a bit of a people pleaser. Didn't happen to Paul. He still had a little bit of a temper problem. Remember how he just wanted to blow off John Mark, and Barnabas had to come in and kind of work with that, and ultimately Paul... And I went back and accepted John Mark back. These were not perfect people. They were surrendered people. They were spirit filled people. And God used them to turn the world upside down. So humble myself before Him. It's not about me. Well, what if I'm embarrassed? What if, what if God asked me to do something and, and, and I'm embarrassed? Um, let me just say uh, it's not the first time. Any of you have been embarrassed before? Let me see your hands if you've been embarrassed before. See, you're already good at it. It's fine. It's excellent. <laughs> Seriously, because that is one of the things. What if what if, God asked me to go share something and, with someone, and they look at me like, what are you, nuts? Get out of my face. And, and remember, that's always about me. I'm worried about me. I'm worried about how I look, how I appear. I'm not thinking about his glory. I'm not thinking about that person who God wants to do something for. I'm worried about me. So this, this requires humbling myself, saying, Lord, your glory is too important. Your work is too important. Your kingdom. God, those people in our community around who don't believe in you, those people who desperately need to know your nature and your character, God, they're more important than me always feeling like I got control and like I look good. So I do have to humble myself. Invite him to do the supernatural in and through me. Humble myself before him, remembering it's not about me. And and third, step out in obedience. Step out in obedience. Just do it. Seriously, just do it. Pray for that person. Go up and pray for that person. The Lord's laid on my heart to pray for you. And, and again, remember, you don't have to be obnoxious. You don't have to be, you know, whatever you think a spirit-filled person is. You can, you can go up to someone and say, hey, um, I'd like to pray for you. Would that be okay? I've done that a lot with people, and I've had a few say, I'd rather not, you not. Vast majority, oh, thank you. And I pray for them. Share that word. If God's laid a word on your heart, share it. But, but what if, what if what if it's not right? The way if God puts a word on my heart for somebody, here's, how, here's what I do. I say, you know, I was praying for you, and I think the Lord asked me to share something with you. Uh, I'll, I'll submit it to you, and you, you know, you do with it what the Lord le- leads you to do. And you're like, oh, it would have been so much better if you would have yelled, God's got a word for you. Yeah, but it would freak people out and, you know, it just wouldn't be necessary. Do you know you can be gracious, you can be polite and be filled with the Spirit? He's gracious. He's polite. So why wouldn't we be? So share that word. How about speak that truth in a world that is increasingly intolerant of truth? Speak that truth. Again, remember how the Scripture tells us to speak the truth? In love. No, You don't need to be angry you know, fist shaking. Just share the truth. And and expect some people won't like it. You know, when you share a truth and there are people not living in that truth, they're not gonna like it. That's just pretty much a given. But I want to encourage you, just step out in obedience and do what the Lord says and watch and see. And if you mess it up, if you go, Well, I'm not sure that was the Lord, I maybe was in the flesh a little bit. Oh well, Lord, help me to get better. Forgive me, help me to grow. It's not a fatal mistake. But I want to say God wants to do something amazing in his people. It's what the scripture says over and over again. I really believe if you had a supernatural infilling, you should expect a supernatural outpouring. The question is, are we willing to let God do that? Are we willing to be different for the kingdom? Are we willing to have people misunderstand us? Because they will. But people misunderstand us now. You realize every time you pray, you're talking to a God nobody can see? You start talking about a guy 2,000 years ago paying the penalty for your sins, people go, ah, that doesn't make sense. Scripture says the gospel's foolishness to those who are perishing. So we deal in the supernatural and the unexplainable all the time. Let's not worry so much about being respectable. Let's concern ourselves more with being authentic, spirit filled Jesus followers. Let's walk in the power of the Spirit and see what God does.
1: Thank you, Pastor Sean Ozzaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message called Navigating the Supernatural, it's available right now on demand when you find the sermon series on The Spirit-Filled Life at reallife.org. But, of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, with service times on Saturday nights at 5, Sunday mornings at 9.30, and again at 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262 as Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life